Hey everybody, welcome to Tactical Blue. This is your host Hector Solis. I'm glad that you're back and I am sorry that I haven't posted any videos in the last two weeks. I've been working a lot in cases and a lot of paperwork and administrative stuff on my police department. So I'm gonna try to bring you more and more stuff all the time, but you know, bear with me. I work in a really small department. It's only 10 of us. I'm the sergeant. There is uh, three more full-time guys and we have a lot of responsibilities. So I hope that you stay, even if uh, I'm not that consistent, but I'm gonna try to do it, okay? So let's begin this podcast. But first, we're gonna watch this video from Grand Rapids, Michigan, and it relates to a homicide suspect who uh, killed his girlfriend and was caught by police. But the way that he got caught is, uh, is different, and we're gonna talk about it and hopefully we're gonna learn something good for you or for you to teach other people. So let's check it out. He's running down the street shooting the cops. Oh! The cop just hit the guy, he pulled a gun and shot at him. So first, what we can see is, uh, this is from the news from Fox. Uh, there was a uh, citizen who was videotaping this encounter with the police on, I believe it's US 131, uh, as I read. And what we can see is police were, he was, they were pursuing this homicide suspect who eventually got out of the vehicle and started running away from his uh, red, black and red pickup truck on the middle of the highway. Well, the suspect is holding a handgun and he's sh shooting towards the police officers and as you can see in the video, and I'm, uh, I'm gonna slow down so you can see the weapon. You, you can see right there, he's shooting. One of the officers decides to use his vehicle as a weapon to stop the threat. Everything seems so good, right? But let's go through the background and why we can do that. If you ask me, and if you go out there and you run over somebody, and, and this is the case where he's actually shooting an officers or innocent people, I'll say yes, 100%, but you have to understand why. And you have to understand why because you have to put it in your report when you're writing it. So you cannot just say, well, the person was shooting at my friends and my uh, fellow officers and I just decided to run them over. All right, so bear with me, I'm gonna be reading from my, uh, from my notes here. So the first case that you need to learn um, not verbatim, but you need to understand the meaning and the substance of it is Graham versus Connor. Graham versus Connor. So this case law relates to the use of force and why you can use use of force and um, the reasons why. So also we have Tennessee versus, versus Gardner as well as Forrett versus Richardson, which implies with the use of force to prevent escape. Now. Police can use force to uh, um, arrest people, even to detain them, but mostly to arrest people. And they have to use reasonable force to execute that arrest. And it has to be reasonable within the parameter or within the circumstances that are happening at the moment. It cannot be a 20, hindsight 2020 where I watch a video and I think, well, he should have done this, the officer should have done that. Well, that's not gonna apply in court because number one, I wasn't there. Number two, I don't have the same training that the officer has. 
and number three i have to apply what the circumstances are surrounding that uh, encounter so as as the video show the officer used his vehicle to stop this person which in reality is the fourth amendment he's seizing that body and he is a you can say arresting the person which uh, not physically but the meaning of it all right so police may use only such force which is objective objectively reasonable according to the circumstances presented at the moment as i mentioned before so yes you can use that type of force you can run somebody over if you have to but it has to be reasonable now it is it is not unconstitutional or unreasonable to give the officer the chance to stop the suspect if if he poses a threat to other officers the public or himself as you can see he was using the suspect was firing his weapon towards the officer and um, again I don't I don't know how the highway looks like but it, those bullets can go over and hit someone else which is another person and it's at the time it's reasonable that this suspect was using deadly force once deadly force is used by the suspect almost all deadly force uh, used by the officers is reasonable now let's mention uh, let's mention this however when a weapon is involved the standard to meet the uh, to meet the use of force is lower depending on the circumstances like I say using that weapon will create the circumstances where officers can use deadly force I've seen some other videos where officers did not use deadly force again I was not there and you were not there it depends on the circumstances um, something very important in the use of force it has to be related with the training and experience that you possess you cannot um it has to be reasonable okay you cannot use a bazooka against a suspect that is shooting at you all right because that is not reasonable because officers don't actually i don't know why would you have a bazooka in your car but if you do have one um most officers don't have bazookas in their cars or a tank or you know this is it's really like far-fetched but I'm, I'm just trying to explain the point it has to be within the parameters of policing and the normal use of force and tools if for whatever reason you are in a fight and the person pulls out a gun a knife and the first thing that you can grab is a rock that is reasonable okay because it was really easy, easy it was easy to access at the moment if you couldn't access the other tools it was reasonable to use that rock to stop the threat at the moment now the, the problem goes with uh, training and the use of force and the, uh, the use of your tools. There is a case law, City of Canton versus Harris, which is failure to train. And it applies to a lot of uh, uh, training that we, we do. This goes for, for the officers, commanders, as well as for the city. So cities cannot expect you to use certain amount of force or tools if they didn't provide the training or the certification. If you bring certification, like I say, I work in a small department, so a lot of the certifications I have, I bring them over with me. I've been through different police departments and sheriff's offices. So the training that I bring, the city that takes my, um, 
my training and hires me, they have to verify that training is correct and to the standards of the police department. If not, they will have to send me to school and train me again. So it, 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 that goes, the liability goes to the city, to the commander, and uh, finally to me. Because if I was, I was not truthful on certain things, then uh, I mean, I can be uh, civilly liable for, for those, uh, that use of force. So as you can see, this officer used reasonable which he did really good. He used reasonable force to stop the imminent threat, which is the suspect firing his gun. So remember, look him up. Graham versus Connor, Tennessee versus Gardner, Ford versus Richardson, as well as the city of Canton versus Harris. All right, so those are very important case laws that you need to remember and how to use force because um, that's the use of force and deadly force in this case, it is reasonable and it will save your life or someone else. Now, let's talk about uh, another video that I, that I found on the internet and this is out of Baltimore. I don't have a lot of details on it, but it is really, really crazy. All right. In this case, use of force was uh, used again and it was um, against a suspect who, let's watch the This part of the video doesn't have audio due to the 30 second delay in the camera. Stop. Are you hit? 
good. My arm's fucked. Okay, but listen. Ah! Are you saying, is it through? No, 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 no. Phil. I'm solid. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Check him. Get that gun away. Get that fucking gun away. Stop Phil, it's on the back of the car. Phil, get in the car right now. I'm driving your shotgun. No, no, no. Let the medic get here. I'm good. Let the medic get here. Hey, hey, hey. I'm good. Phil, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Phil, listen to me. Hey, hey, get her back. Get her back. video so as you can see you can see the suspect it seems like he's beating someone up and I don't know if the officer saw a gun or if he's using a knife or any other weapon but the officers were in Baltimore Baltimore PD the officers were working an initiative you know the Baltimore PD started and uh, to lower crime in certain areas well these officers roll in and as you can see the first thing that happens, they get out of the car with their weapons out and they start shooting towards the suspect, which he got hit. Um, the, one of the officers got shot. So I I'm safely assume, never assume they say, right? Safely assume that the, the suspect was uh, probably trying to kill somebody. Because as you can see in the beginning of the video, let me rewind it real quick. So you can see there is the suspect on top of somebody. So the officer shot, shot this guy, suspect shot one of the officers. And one thing that is very important is the shit goes down fast and you need to be ready. Um, I guess majority of the training that you receive in the academy goes by, well, you, you go to a place or you go to a call, you get out of the car, you interact with people and then people react crazy and they try to kill you. Well, and in this case, there was no getting out of the car and talk to people, to the person. He's just, the officer got out of the car and then they start shooting right away. That can happen. You need to be ready. One important thing is your seatbelt. Wear your seatbelt. However, in circumstances like this, I always train my uh, PPOs, my uh, uh, new trainees, to take the seatbelt off before you get to the call. Or if you see some circumstances where you might have to take the seat belt off fast. I usually put, put it under my armpit and I, I drive this way. Then I just have to click it or hit it one time and it will swing out and I can get out of the car. It will not catch any of my equipment. So very important, your seat belt, take it off, get your gun ready. Remember, get off that car, get off that car. Do not fight a gunfight inside the vehicle. The windshield is not, bullets are not gonna go through the windshield. And if they do, they're gonna deviate. They're not gonna go the same direction where you're shooting at. So, and it's because of the, remember that the windshield is, was made for crashes. So it's a little stronger than like a side window. Also the angle, it, it makes a difference when it, the bullet hits. So, um, especially if you have hollow point, well, the, that will destroy it right there. So if, if you can get out of the car, get out of the car and start engaging the threat. Very important. Please, 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 train, train, train. All right, training is very important. Oh man, these mosquitoes are killing me. So, um, 
apparently they like me. I don't know why, but whatever. So it's important to train mentally, physically, okay, emotionally. If you need to talk to somebody, that's important to get all the stuff that you have inside. You, you know, we see a lot of uh, crazy stuff, some good, some bad. Um, it's important that you talk to somebody, not just another police officer, but maybe some help, okay? Um, we all need help once in a while. We've seen all crazy shit, so please take care of yourself. Learn case law. It's important because that way you can write good reports and writing good reports gives you a good background within your department, that you're doing a good job, that you're not you know, sloppy. Um, it builds good cases, good cases if you're working the case all the way to the prosecution or if you're going to give it to the detective, then detectives can see that you work your case according to standards, like up there, okay? So you're not just lacking and just typing two, three lines and boom, there you go. That's really bad. That is half-ass. Never be half-ass in police work. Always do more than what you have to. The same thing when you write an affidavit, put as much evidence um, in, in the writing as you can. That way you're never going to have a judge say, well, I don't know if this apply or whatever. Uh, Always give them so much that they have to say yes. Yeah, this person has the probable cause affidavit. They have to sign it. So those are my recommendations for you guys and girls in law enforcement. You guys are the best out there. You protect us. You keep us safe. You keep a lot of the community safe. Remember this. There's only around 990,000 law enforcement in the whole United States. There's 350 million people that we take care of. That amount goes to, I believe it's 0.03% of the population takes care of the other, whatever, whatever the rest. I'm a police officer, that's why I wasn't good at math. So 0.03% of the population protects the rest of us, or the rest of them, all right? Because I'm part of it. So it is hard, it is a hard job. And your job is to train. Your job is to go home, number one, no matter what happens. So please be safe. Comment below. Tell me, comment below what you think is the the best case law that all the officers should know about. And if you see me out there, please say hi. I'm here in Central Texas. So uh, I expect to see some comments and some likes and some all good stuff on all my social media. And I hope this training helps you. As I mentioned before, I'm going to bring more guests to this uh, podcast and these uh, videos. So please stay tuned. Be careful there. I'll see you next time.